1: and 365-day returns.
3: Really 007. Welcome to the Really 007 podcast. I'm your host, Tom Pickup, and in this episode, we'll be discussing... In the sky for... Windy Crumble, as sung by Dale, of course. There are various places you can find us and listen in, including iTunes and Spotify. Keep sharing our episodes, and once again, thank you for rating and recommending us. And special shout out to a super fan, at Lorenzo Granger. Thanks for your support, sir. We're available on most social media platforms, which I'm sure some of you have seen, uh, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just uh, look up for Really007Pod and join in on the debates. I think there could, well, be quite a debate on Skyfall, to be honest, Uh, and and in in this review, of course, which we're about to do. Anyway, yes, my team tonight are discussing what many consider to be the best of Daniel Craig's incarnations of James Bond, and indeed the only entry thus far to notch up a billion dollars at the box office. Tonight I've got John Kell, Math Pickup, and Chris Goldie. Good evening, Gems. Good evening. Good evening. Someone normally says, good evening, Mr. Bond, or something like that. But it's fine. It's, fine. it's
0: the Craig era. You don't do that. Well, yeah.
3: We're doing moody tonight, yeah. The humour will be edited out uh, afterwards. <laughs> right. Third on our list of uh, in-depth Bond film reviews is the third Daniel Craig film in the series. Skyfall came after the lukewarm reception of Quantum of Solace, should we say. It was also released on the 50th anniversary of the first film, Doctor No. So there was something of a wave of nostalgia when it came out. A bit like in 2002, when Dine of the Day featured various homages to previous films. So that, of course, was celebrating the 40th anniversary of Bond. Skyfall marked the first appearance in the Daniel Craig era for the characters Moneypenny and Q. And it wasn't a direct follow-on from Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace. Uh, It was the first and probably much better received than the two Sam Mendes-directed films. It was also the first film to be screened on IMAX venues, before No Time to Die will become the first to be shot on IMAX cameras. So Skyfall came, came out not long after the happy and glorious segment of the London Olympics opening ceremony, if you remember that, which of course was directed by Danny Boyle, who of course, again, was slated to direct No Time to Die before he left because of, inverted commas, creative differences. And we will be discussing that on our No Time to, to Die preview very soon. Well, this uh, segment of the opening ceremony, of course, included uh, this sort of sketch or skit, if you like, where Bond goes and meets the Queen at Buckingham Palace before they they both actually jump from a helicopter into the stadium. That's perhaps, perhaps the most Bond thing uh, of the entire Craigery, uh, Craig era, <laughs> Anyway, uh, yes, yeah, so the story uh, of Skyfall centres on Bond investigating an attack on MI6, part of a plot by former agent Raoul Silva to discredit and kill M as revenge for abandoning him. I, th- I think that's what the plot is, I'm not, not absolutely sure. But in many ways, the film is about Bond himself, as he is coaxed out of yet another retirement to do his boring day job. We then have debates about the future of MI6, which is explored, of course, in even greater depth in Spectre. We've got spectacular train-based chases, be they over or underground, and Bond actually being chased by a train. We have the first appearance of Moneypenny, as we've said, and by the end of the film, a new M. So Bond must face Silver and protect M, which he doesn't, at Skyfall. (coughs) spoilers (laughs)
2: it's gone
4: you both know what's at stake here there isn't much road left take the bloody shot
3: what do you say about a man like that Three months ago, you lost the drive containing the identity of every agent embedded in terrorist organizations across the globe. 007 reporting for duty.
4: Where the hell have you been?
3: Enjoying
2: death. I only have one question. Why not stay dead? There's no shame in saying you've lost a step.
3: Welcome to the new MI6
4: I'm your quartermaster You must be joking Also PPKS 9mm short It's been coded to your palm print so only you can fire it Less of a random killing machine More of a personal statement Q 007 I want to meet your employer How much do you know about fear? All there is. Well, not like this
2: Not like him Just look at you, chasing spies. England and my sex. She sent you after me, knowing you're not ready, knowing you would likely die. Mommy was very bad.
1: The two survivors, this is what she made us. Everybody needs a hobby. So what's yours? Resurrection.
3: So Good evening, gents. This is uh, <laughs> the first Daniel Craig film we've discussed. I, I don't really think we've mentioned Daniel Craig much on this podcast so far, so uh, no. we're going to we're gonna have to really go into <laughs> big detail on how we think about uh, this era. But anyway, this, as we said, this was uh, Skyfall, which came out in 2012. And yeah, I'd just like to know a few of your instant thoughts about your relationship with the film, what they were when it came out, and we'll go into greater detail what you think about the film now. But, uh, yeah, John, what about you first?
0: I mean, I have a bit of a funny relationship with the Craig era. Um, I did feel that there was a need for a reboot when uh, Casino Royale came out. And I think it, personally, I actually really liked where it went. Um, I know that may be an, an unpopular opinion here, but I did. Um, However, I felt that that was all completely untangled by Quantum of Solace, which left me very cold, and also, I've never, it's not that I think the film's absolutely dreadful, but it just doesn't feel like Bond, it's like it doesn't respect what Bond is. Um, So, when they uh, announced that Skyfall was going to be tied in with the 50th anniversary, they'd got They'd gone a bit more full-in as in they'd got a, a renowned director in terms of Sam Mendes at the time. I was very, very excited. I think the Queen at the Olympics really seemed to gee that up for me because I was like, oh, this is Bond now. We have Bond. We'd had two episodes where it was like Craig becoming Bond and now this is Bond. Um. And when I went to see this, I was absolutely exhilarated. Um, I went in. I I remember I was doing a youth group until ten o'clock at night, and then I went and this on the night started at eleven o'clock. I got back about two in the morning and went to work (laughs) the next day. And I was just I I I didn't sleep that night from adrenaline. I loved it. Um. Because I think one thing I'll say from this at the start is uh, as a spectacle, this works for me. This really works for me as a spectacle. Um, And when I watched that the first time, I was like, yes, Bond is back. Since then, I've been able to sit back, analyse it, critically review it a bit, and I've probably got a bit more of, um, what should we say, a bit more of a reasoned view on it. I love a lot of this film, so I'm going to be quite positive in the stuff I say today. That's
3: great, John. Uh, if you if you've been listening to the Rio 007 Pod, that was the first positive uh, thing we've ever said about the Daniel Craig era. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. No. Um, we we will. Uh, yeah, we'll be fair on Skyfall. Uh, I don't want to. You know, steal anyone's thunder, but I think all four of us uh, here tonight are very well. We have some something positive to say about it, in uh, perhaps to different degrees. But that's great, John. Uh, Math, how about you? You uh, you saw this when it first came out, I assume, at the cinema? Uh,
5: yes, I did. I believe with yourself. Um, I think I think it was the Friday it it came out, um, which is something I've tried to do with each of the bonds. I think possibly since. I didn't I didn't see Goldeneye the first night it came out because I was too young so I had to sneak into that one another time. Um but since Ryan ever Dies, I think I've think I've seen them on on the day they've come out every every time which I'm quite pleased with. Uh even even if I really don't like half of them. But anyway, <laughs> um with, with this one, I was I'm I don't want to go into great detail about my thoughts on Casino Royale and Quantum Solace, but I had and have issues with Casino Royale and I have a lot more with Quantum of Solace. So after that, I wasn't like desperate for, you know, sadly I wasn't desperately looking forward to another Bond film. But the more that I heard about this, the more I got excited. The Sam Mendes thing, the Javier Bardem, um, you know, knowing that he was going to be the villain really got me, really got me excited. Um, I agree about the Olympics thing. It seemed to sort of link Bond back to British culture and, and everything, rather than just being... I don't know this vengeful anti-hero that he was in in those other two films Oh yeah. well, sorry. And yeah, so I uh I was I was quite excited and then I heard the critics reviews saying it was, you know, it was really good. This is one of the best Bond films ever. That often puts me back a little bit because I'm like, mm, mm, you know, high expectations. But I remember I I enjoyed it and um I thought yeah, you know what, that's the most I've enjoyed a, a Craig Bond film, and I'm looking for, I'm sort of, not completely back where I was, but I'm back, back interested and back enjoying it again. Since then, I've probably enjoyed it more more and more, not, as in, I find it, when it's on, it always seems to be on ITV2, every time it's on ITV2, mm-hmm. yeah, and I see it's on, I'll f- flick it on and see where it's up to and stuff like that. I find it. I find it quite an enjoyable film to watch. So so yeah, and I I d I don't think I don't think I don't think by any means it's perfect, but it is my favourite of the of the Craig Bond films and and yeah, I do have positive things to say about it.
0: Didn't you
3: say, Math, that it's probably the most fun you've had of any James Bond film at the cinema since since Goldeneye, did you say that, I think?
5: I may I may have said that. <laughs> don't worry, I mean, it's not I gonna mean, be
3: uh, charged against you. No, no. I, well. don't, I,
5: don't, I mean it's it's difficult to say. I had fun watching Die another day, but I don't know whether that's because, you know, I thought I was playing a computer game at some points during <laughs> that. But and obviously I was a lot younger then, so it was like whatever you're giving me is brilliant. But it's it's the it's definitely the most I've enjoyed um a Craig Bond film at the cinema, and you know, I, I was I was I was happy having seen it.
3: When I first started chatting to you, Chris, I was I'll admit I, I expected you to be much more of a Craig fan. Uh, as as Bond than you actually are, Again, I don't want to speak for you, but uh, it was quite refreshing that you have judged them on the merits per se uh, of each film. And I don't know whether we've properly discussed this specific film, so I'm really, really interested to see what you've got to say about it. But did did you see it at the cinema, Chris?
2: <laughs> I did, and I like the other chaps. Really enjoyed it. I thought I was. Uh, it was. You know i suppose that when daniel craig was announced i was all for it i thought this is a really interesting actor someone who had who had who had had given a few kind of very charismatic performances into like munich he was great in as a supporting role and the, the roger michelle film uh, mother so he'd given some really great performances obviously his background was more in independent cinema so I was really excited to get like a, 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 you know a proper actor you know involved who does the theater you know and so you know Casino came out great per safer hands with um um uh, Martin Campbell Quantum of Solace was Left a sour taste, shall we say? But that's for another one. And then Skyfall came along, and I, 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 like everyone else, I was really excited. Sam Mendes, you know, Oscar-winning filmmaker, theatre director. There was a lot going for it. John Logan being brought in to write. I thought, is this the end of the uh, the Purvis and Wade era? <laughs> Hardly. Uh, that wasn't the case. Um, Swear but, words know, I, in I, I was, I was, <laughs> yeah, I was totally behind this film. I, I, you know the. The, the the just you know the sort of the preamble the, the the sort of the publicity you know all everything that comes before the film I was I was really excited by I thought this is this is going to be the, the you know one of the best Bond films for a long time it had so much going for it and I went to the cinema I was really kind of behind it and I, I you know and I came out and I enjoyed it I, and I thought there's some great set pieces you know the cinematography is you know fantastic you know the the music. It was different. I don't know if I, I, I thought it was up there with, obviously, John Barry. But, I, you know, I thought, again, a different take. Maybe this is, you know, first viewing, I really enjoyed it, really enjoyed it. And I really enjoyed what they were doing with it subsequent <laughs> you know and, and and again this is this the, is the it, top of the I'm always surprised. on the way down. <laughs> <laughs> i'm only surprised how long it's been since this film came out because it feels like no time yeah it feels yeah, like yeah, forever yeah. you know and, and because we've only had as of the recording had one other Bond film which is ridiculous so you know going back and watching it again on DVD and, and Blu-ray thinking, actually, this, is, this I mean, I'm really excited about revisiting it. I thought, oh, it's a little bit flatter mm-hmm. than I remember it being. You know, this scene, ooh, some of this writing is a bit... And so, you know, and obviously going back and watching it again, as you say, with a critical eye and making notes, it you know, it does change. And I think, and, and that's what I love about Bond films, that, that even though, you know, for, for me, this isn't, you know, in my top... Five, ten—it's still an enjoyable experience. It still has a lot going for it, but you know, have <laughs> a few sort of quibbles. <laughs> but what's good then? But overall, I was re- I was well behind it when it came out, and and um which I can't say about uh, the following film. Okay. Yeah,
3: you mean Spectre? You don't mean you don't mean the fourth yes. film?
2: No, no, no. Spectre was was one that I um I could feel it in my waters. It wasn't for me. No. And uh, it turned out to be true. So. <laughs> I,
3: I think I agree with you all. I think the first two Craigs I had almost a sort of inbuilt reaction to not like each subsequent one and perhaps find flaws where I could. And... You know, Mark Komodo always says, "You know, you go into a film with—if you go in with an attitude, you you come out with that attitude, don't you?" So I think, I even though I say that, each of you can Bond I see at the cinema, I really want to give them a chance, particularly when I'm with fellow Bond fans and people who have liked the other the other Craig films. Yes, I was I was interested to see that. Of course, Money Penny was back, Q was back. I know Money Penny was meant to be a spoiler. You know, you weren't meant to know that. We'll get onto that. Again, one of the most obvious things ever. That it was, <laughs> but um, yeah. So we had a couple of you know good ingredients, like you say, Sam Mendes. I'm a, a big fan of him. I think it was just a, a chance to return to the the proper gems of the an identikit James Bond film. I think that's what they tried to do mm. with Dying of the Day. Well, we'll get onto that. <laughs> the amount of times I've said we'll get onto that on this podcast, my <laughs> <The laughs> vocabulary is just withering away. It really is. Yeah, so <laughs> I think with that they literally rode the crest of a wave, didn't they? And uh, that perhaps <laughs> that perhaps sunk them in the end. But with this one, I thought no, they're not. They're not going to go all in, all in sort of identikit bond. They'll have to have some kind of edge to it, because otherwise Sam Mendes isn't going to direct a film like this. We've we've said before that, and we will say on the No Time to Die preview, I'm sure we will that Danny Boyle he wants to bring his own stamp to it. And you think if you've got a director of Sam Mendes' capabilities, he certainly will. So, yeah, I was, I'll admit, I I did enjoy it at the cinema. I'm never one for, like I've said with John before, like the man, sorry, the man, they said, the man is not enough then, the the world is not enough, where they integrate M and make it personal. I'm never too keen on that per se. I think we discussed that in the, the M episode. But uh, having seen it and judged it on its own merits, I was pleasantly surprised, and, and of course it was a lot better than the two in my mind that had come before. But I will reveal my thoughts again as we go on through the episode. And I think with the four crazes that have been released so far, my opinions of which one's my favourite fluctuates all the time. It used to be a dead, a dead simple graph, and I think most people would say it's up down up down don't they so uh <laughs> they're hoping for a, a an up at the end for no time to die but yeah with uh, with skyfall just have a little delve into the background of the film but first john we we have another quiz we certainly
0: do um best of five as far as i can remember are the people that are playing here matthew's won one and thomas has won one but uh, gold finger or Goldie Finger I should say <laughs> uh, this is your chance to shine for him. spoiler alert because you probably know you already know that today's buzzer will be I can't do the accent very well so I'm going to ask Tom to do the accent can you do the impression of what today's buzzer will be
3: yeah it's, it's that old non-Scottish man at the end of this film utters to, to uh, I think it's one it's one of uh, Javier Bardem's guards isn't it his thugs when he shoots him or something like that he says <laughs> welcome to Scotland <laughs> it's like he's eating a, 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 a pack of truffles chocolate truffles or
0: something I'm kind of tempted to just like think should we just let Tom answer all five questions so we can just hear that impression <laughs> each <time? laughs> Um okay Sign to your buzzer and then we'll see where we go from there so, question one: What is the name of the agent who doesn't make it at the
2: beginning? Welcome to Scotland. Oh,
4: Chris!
2: <laughs> uh, agent Ronson. Oh no. 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 Not
0: Mark. i might have to fact check that. I'm ninety percent sure it's Bronson.
2: Oh, oh.
0: <laughs> Let's just. Uh, uh... <laughs> a... Just ring Purvis away. Uh... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it's Ronson. You're Thank right. You oh. I apologise. <laughs> well done, Chris. Um, it's, uh, yeah, so 1 nil nil. So, question two What are the first names of James's parents?
2: Welcome to Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> Chris? Can he get two out of two? <laughs> oh, well, I, I, he, he, Dad is definitely called Andrew. Yeah. Mum is. Hi. It begins with M, Melanie, <laughs> Melissa, <laughs> something more exotic. I don't know. Michelle. Yeah. Michelle. <laughs> Michelle, yeah. Michelle Bond. Marjorie. <laughs> uh, uh, is that
3: uh, no. to Scotland. Oh, Thomas. A nice Scottish name in Andrew for his dad. But his uh, mother, I believe, is called M- Monique Delacroix Bond. So, more
0: of a French element. I think that's right. Well, it is right, Tom. You don't. You don't get any oh, extra yes. points for the pronunciation. But good. Enough. <laughs> so I, I, what I'm going to do is I am going to give a half. So it's one and a half. Oh, thank zero. you. Zero. Okay. Yeah, right. Number three. Where did Silver hide his cyanide capsule? What? <laughs> oh. <laughs>
2: <And> <laughs> you turn it yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, it, it is rear molar I think or Ooh, on the on. left because obviously Wig uh-huh. he does a may pause it out there
5: yeah. Two and a half, half. Chris just absolutely loves this film. Oh, I do. Yeah. For
3: Been revising for the quiz. <laughs> <laughs> what could
0: John ask? <laughs> okay. Question four What kind of shrapnel does Bond remove from
5: his chest? Welcome to Scotland math (laughs) Um, well it's a bullet but it's made of something a bit like uranium shell something spot on
0: absolutely spot on wow great shout which means by default that with the last question Chris has won because it's two and a half one half but um, let's see who can get this last point question five what British poet does M quote during her inquiry welcome to Scott
2: Goldie Finger Ooh. oh it was Tennyson
0: <laughs> it was Tennyson yeah
2: I'm it's been bull. a landslide <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was absolutely trounced superb on, on. Good. I was and then this time is like yeah.
3: I don't know <laughs> takes you a bit to, to get in the swing of it doesn't it a bit like uh, <laughs> Richard Osmond's House of Games <laughs> yeah. right well That's that's a quiz. Well done, Chris. Superb. Looking forward to the next one of those already. Probably more than uh, a Craig James Bond film, perhaps. No, right. Enough. (laughs) Enough. It's not enough, because now we're going to go into the background of the film. So development was suspended. That's becoming an all-too-familiar phrase, isn't it? When uh, MGM ran into financial trouble after Quantum of Solace, and that didn't resume until December 2010, So we'd already had two years again after Quantum of Solace. And MGM then finally exited bankruptcy proceedings, so we have yet another long delay between Bond films. The title of the film was effectively given away when the usual various domain names, including Skyfall, were purchased by E.ON, a classic sign these days of uh, of, uh, what the title's going to be. So when the film was eventually unveiled at a press conference, uh, it wasn't really much of a, a shock when Barbara Broccoli announced the name of the film, but she did say that it had an emotional context to the plot, which, of course, we didn't know at the time. It would, of course, be revealed as Bond's childhood home in Scotland, presuming the way his bro Blofeld used to climb trees together. Anyway, filming began in November 2011, so that's another year's gone by, primarily in the UK, with a smaller portions shot in China and Turkey, the producers did originally get permission to shoot in India. Of course, they opened up the world's eyes to the country in Oxbussy, but so they later changed their minds. Probably correct, you know. It's, we've already seen India. There's plenty of other parts of the world we haven't seen. Istanbul, we've already seen In From Us We Love, though. The budget was already pretty huge, between $150 and $200 million. It was slightly less than Quantum of Solace, amazing, but still a pretty mammoth budget. I think that might have been a bit more expensive because it overran and the writer's delay and things like that, the writer's um, strike. In terms of the director now, Sir Sam Mendes, as he is now, he, um, much like many of the uh, the Bond fraternity, went to public school in Oxford and then studied English at Cambridge University. He was actually, though, turned down on a film course at Warwick University. So that's uh, it's quite ironic, that, isn't it? Seems to have worked out for him since then. He was also, this is quite interesting, he was a brilliant cricketer at Oxford. Sorry, at Cambridge, at Cambridge Union, yeah. Famously, of course, he was married to Kate Winslet. He then had an affair with Rebecca Hall. Didn't know that. He's now married to the uh, virtuoso trumpeter Alison Bolsom, superb classical trumpeter. He had worked with Daniel Craig before in Road to Perdition, which is, by definition, one of uh, Daniel Craig's better films, I would have said. And apparently it was Daniel Craig who actually put the idea in Sam Mendes' head of directing a Bond film, some, something you said at a party. So that got his attention. Mendes says he loves what Martin Campbell did with Casino Royale and wanted to return to that vibe. You know, we've only had one film since then, so it's obviously gone off the rails quite a bit since uh, Casino Royale. <laughs> he mainly works in theatre, as, uh, as Dan says, and it's the same joke I will always say, which explains why he's only directed <laughs> eight films to date. Only done eight. There were rumours that he had removed a lot of action scenes as well in favour of characterful performances in an effort to finally win a Bond film some big honours at the Academy Awards. Because he, of course, is the only director of any Bond films to have won an Oscar, and that was for his debut, American Beauty. Uh, He was expected to win again last year for 1917 until Bong Joon-ho stole it off him pretty unexpectedly.
5: I, like everyone else, have my own personal relationship with Bond, which began when I was, I suppose, about nine or ten years old, um, when Live and Let Die came out. So, you know, I've always been a fan of the movies, and I thought that it would be a wonderful thing to do. Sam, is such an extraordinary director, has made such wonderful films, and we were so excited at the Possibility, we couldn't really actually believe that he would want to do it, but we met him and he seemed very excited at the possibility.
1: So, I mean, there was no turning back then. We seized him and got on with it.
3: I said to him, it would be, this is going to be a new experience. And I say that only because I've made two of them and it was a very new experience for me and I wasn't prepared and nothing can quite prepare you. But I knew that Sam had put all of his knowledge of movie making behind it, but also all of his knowledge and the love of Bond. Action.
5: I've never felt like I wanted to reinvent the wheel. You know, I don't think it's about, oh, we can't have glamorous locations. We can't have beautiful women. We've done that before i think that's a given the bond movie when i go and see a bomb movie that's what i want but it's a tonal issue and it struck me that it is still possible to make a big fabulous glamorous escapist movie and yet at the same time to say something about the world that we're living in
3: daniel craig Sam men himself obviously and producer barbara broccoli talking about the director there so guys we've touched on sam benners a little bit in the chat he is a very renowned director. Like I say, he's only done eight films, but he's got a pretty high hit ratio. Do you do you give him that a bit like you do with Timothy Dalton two out of two and George Lazenby one out of one, John?
0: No, <laughs> to be quite frank. I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I I'm a massive fan of American Beauty. Uh, I think to bring that out as your first film is is quite ingenious. To be honest. And I'm, I'm actually, a, a re- I really like Road to Perdition, Paul Newman being the main reason, really. Although I do think Craig, I do think Craig is quite good in that. He's, he's quite unhinged, isn't he, at times in that. It's a different kind of, but an unhinged in an unhinged kind of way, not in this Bond way that we have now, where he basically <laughs> has to just go all moody all the time. He's actually unhinged. <laughs> um, what do I think about? I think Sam Mendes is a good director. He's quite pretentious if I'm being honest. And there's times it's where I what? just think... Yeah, he, there's times where I'm just like, oh, I'm not sure. Not so much in Skyfall. Inspector, he spends half the time trying to show you all this stuff, like, look how good we are, look how good we are, that he actually misses the focus of the plot. That's not a good sign, because it's showing that a director is so far up your backside, you're not actually looking at the film itself. So I think he is a good director, and I think 1917 is... A fantastically made film, but I do think he's got possibly got tendencies to egg it, and unfortunately, that means his hit ratio isn't two out of two.
3: Because he, of course, other films he did, Jarhead, which I only saw for the first time recently, I thought it was okay. It was, it was, you know, more of a character study. Very telling that it's. You'd think it was an action film, but it isn't really about the action. Uh, <laughs> which we might come on to in this film. Revolutionary Road, I thought, was excellent. Probably, for me, oh, right. second best film, maybe. Uh, American Beauty is certainly superb. But yeah, Revolutionary Road, I thought the acting, Winslet and DiCaprio were absolutely terrific, and Michael Shannon as well. So yeah. a very, very interesting film.
0: Yeah, a very, very, very good film. I think, is there, a th- is there a third film that Winslet and DiCaprio have been in, as well as that and Titanic? I'm sure, there's three that they've been. I'm not getting. sure,
3: but th- this was the one which was the big heralded. Oh, they find the reunited after I think it was like yeah. ten or eleven years.
0: It's a great film, but I think there's a lot of natural chemistry in that. That's not to decry the direction, but I do think there's a lot of natural chemistry between the two.
2: I think, for me, uh, I think I think Mendes is a is a. It's quite clear that he comes from a theatre background. I think it's quite clear that he's very good and very comfortable working with actors if i was going to be brutally honest i think that some of his films he is uh, garnered credit for other people's work <laughs> i think i think like <laughs> american beauty quite clearly you know that screenplay was was something special you know the fact that it had people like spielberg all these film you know really established filmmakers who were just falling over themselves to, to be part of it the finished film, I think, I think, obviously, obviously was really well received. I think on last time I watched it, it felt a little naive. I think in some of, some of the themes, but you know, I think it's no denying it still has a lot of power in that road to Perdition. I think again, you know, I, I think for for me, Mendes is a someone who's really good with actors, but gets very lucky with scripts and very lucky with cameramen. And I think that that without those, I think Mendez's films do fall short. I think like 1917, you know, the, if you, if you, if you pull the conceit, the single shot conceit away from it, there's not a huge amount there. And I think that having such, you know, these are, uh, you know, the, the, masters of the craft to have them you know to you uh, at hand I think elevates your own work uh, yeah and for me revolutionary road again stands out as probably his best film again based on you know a great script based on a very good book so again he's very good at choosing the right material um and I think he's got lucky as a filmmaker you know <laughs> like i said I think he fall, falls a bit short but I think he's just he, but you know, and there's an argument to say, you know, that that work, you know, choosing and picking the pe- people you work with is is like half the battle, isn't it? You know, if you if you if you're able to choose, you know, the best scripts, <coughs> excuse me, if you're able to be- you, know, you know, choose the best craftsmen, you know, whether it's editing or whether it's cinematography and production, you know, I think you're you're onto a winner. Um, as a director, and I think that in Skyfall, I think that goes to show, he has his limitations, particularly when it comes to action, when it comes to a tight narrative. I think he's unable to sort of hold that. Um, but I do think, you know, there's, there's there's some highlights. I think, yeah, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, Revolutionary Road, Jawhead is a great film, Road to Perdition, great film. Again, based on a really good graphic novel, American Beauty was like a once-in-a-lifetime screenplay. So you but say he, assassination? Is well, he,
3: no, no. You say he's Brilliant. obviously very good at picking a script. So he couldn't believe his luck, probably, when he got Purvis and Wade involved, could he?
5: <laughs> <laughs> Brutal.
3: No, that's why That's why he brought in John Logan, isn't it? I think. Like you say, though, he's obviously he's got Roger Deakins involved with this. I think Thomas Newman on all these other films have been a superb composer. I will go into why I think it doesn't work. For, for this and Spectre, probably more so for this one, actually. But he's certainly got a good team behind him, none more so than uh, Roger Deakins, as we've mentioned, the cinematographer. I think he had him on Jarhead and Revolutionary Road, which, like we say, are possibly more underrated films, I think, from Sam Mendes. Roger Deakins, if he's a, another critic's darling, he had 13 unsuccessful Oscar nominations, unbelievably, <laughs> His first one was the, the Shawshank Redemption. So you know, there's so many famous films. I can't, you know, can't list them all. But recently, he's won, he's won two for Blade Runner 2049 and 1917. So he finally getting a bit. It's a bit like the whole Scorsese winning the Best Director for The Departed. Everyone's like, oh, it's not really necessarily his best film, but he probably deserved it anyway. But no, I think A The Departed is a good, is a great film and. Blade Runner 2049 is certainly very well shot, isn't it? So you can't argue with that. I've not seen 1917, but uh, I imagine, like you say, Chris, a lot of that skill and verve is down to Deakins. It's it's unusual because he's definitely a theatre director, but he's now making these technical films. Obviously, 1917, it's it's an idea, isn't it, stretched? Obviously, that was copied off Made in Manhattan, the, the opening scene to Made in Manhattan, where... Jennifer Lopez <laughs> runs through her hotel where she's a maid at. Uh, it's a wedding. And the camera follows her all around, and then I couldn't believe it when I saw it pop up. Inspector, I thought, goodness me, it's a bit going a bit lowbrow, isn't it? Copying Made in Manhattan. Anyway, a great Ralph Finkl. <laughs> so there we go. Interesting uh, <laughs> fact about Roger Deakins. Does anyone know his wife's name? And it's a very unusual question, but it's a very funny answer.
5: It's a it's oh. a male,
3: isn't it? It's a man's name, isn't it? Yeah, he James. could have said, welcome to Scotland, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, um, yeah no. does anyone know it? Do you know it, Chris? It's James. It is, yeah. Even funnier, her full name, <laughs> Isabella James, James Purefoy Ellis. <laughs> I can't, I, I don't understand, I don't understand. Certainly James Purefoy might have made a, a better James Bond. The
0: <laughs> yeah. <hero>. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Isabella, <laughs> call me James. You know, it's like, why would you <laughs> yeah, do that? Yeah, yeah. It's a lovely name, Isabella. Uh, Isabella Scrooge. Lovely name.
3: Yes, well, <laughs> quite. But yeah, he's a superb cinematographer. We know he also works with uh, Dennis Villeneuve, as we said, the Coen brothers. Are you, are you a fan of, of him, Math?
5: Uh, yeah, I am. I almost think sometimes it's worth watching a film for his cinematography alone. I think... In Skyfall, there's there's some absolutely stunning shots. We'll come on to it, but possibly sometimes at the expense of the other necessary elements. But as I say, we'll come on to that. I think Blade Runner 2049 is, in my opinion, he fully deserved that. I mean, not that I'd necessarily seen all the others, but that, I mean, it's absolutely stunning what that looks like. I think 1917, it's almost, that. that's a bit different because there aren't loads of big... Sweeping shots where you you come down from you know the sky and then show this you know because it's all this central conceit which is an absolute technical nightmare I'm sure and whether your your average Hollywood cinematographer would have been able to pull that off I doubt and even within that there are still some stunning shots like I remember the the one where there's like fire in the background and then there's the the um, the main guy I've forgotten the actor's name um what's his name the the main guy yeah, yeah, George MacKay. Yeah, there's like his silhouette in front of the flames. I just remember that was a great shot. So yeah, and it's it's another um, it's a bit of a cliche, but he's one of those cinematographers where you could almost take a shot of a screenshot of the film, and you could hang that up on your wall. So yeah, he, he's he's top draw. Um, he did Prisoners and Sicario as well, which are two films I absolutely love, and they look stunning as well. The guy can do little wrong, as far as I'm concerned.
3: A couple of other films in his CV I've randomly plucked out. I could have picked out many. Uh, the underrated House of Sand and Fog, which is superb, uh, superb actor's piece. I've never seen it, heard it mentioned since. It did get a few nominations. I think he was nominated for that. Uh, another one, M. Night Shyamalan's The Village, was shot by Richard, uh, Robert Deacons. Roger. Roger Deakins. <laughs> <laughs> <There's
0: some looking laughs> yeah.
3: Maybe
2: that's why it went wrong, it
0: was Robert Deakins. <laughs> <laughs> <and laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Can I give a shout out to if you're gonna do Roger Deakin, yeah. The Assassination of Jesse James by the coward Ooh. Robert Ford is possibly one of the most beautifully shot films I think I've ever seen.
5: Did he do oh, that?
2: Yeah. Yes he did. And <gasps> it is. And again, it's like that is as high as it goes for me. The rest is always like, oh, you know, he, he, his standard of, of photography is is so high, it's astounding. And when he he sort of, and then you think, oh, this is all these guys. This is he's such a great photographer. And then he, he does one film, and it's just, it just blows you out of the water. For for me, that's that. Yeah, I just thought it was astonishing. Yeah, and he's he from very a lot
0: of though as well, isn't he? With Skyfall, it's very much that big, scaly kind of stuff. But when yeah, he, he does stuff like Doubt. Doubt is, you know, yeah, very yeah. older school, quite small shots, you know. So he's obviously just a very talented guy.
2: Oh, yeah. And you look at, the, like even if you just like pl- pull out the work he did with the, the Cohen brothers, you know, you've got like the big Lebowski and, you know, O Brother Wereau, the man who wasn't there. You know, these are very, yeah. Different films you would assume that someone else that shot them you know they're so distinct I think he's he's, he's you know and and the, the fact that he it took him so long to win an Oscar is says everything you need to know about the Oscars
0: yeah <laughs> it's very true <laughs> yeah. unfortunately yeah
3: and of course the link there with um Javier Bardem in No Country for Old Men we will go into his character I'm sure we all agree he's probably one of the highlights of the film so yes superb uh cinematographer Math, do you just give you a little chance to chat about Sam Mendes, going back to Sam Mendes, what are your thoughts on him as a director?
5: I certainly think all those films are, you know, really worth watching and it feels like whoever's behind it is in control of those films and, you know, I I, I would say I like them to very much like all of them, I would, I would say. The only thing is... I don't know, and it's something that Harry, uh, our brother, feels a bit more passionately about. Is he? Th- he thinks, and I, I think, is an element of um, copying Christopher Nolan at times. With um, <clears throat> well, we'll come on to it in 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 this film, but there are bits <laughs> of this film which uh, copy The Dark Knight. And then, when it came to Dunkirk, uh, sorry, when it came to 1917, it was like there you go. He, he, saw, he, he saw Dunkirk at the cinema, and he was like, "Oh right, yeah." Oh well, I did that one shot, didn't I, for uh, the start of Spectre, <laughs> and then right. Well, I'll change my homework slightly, and I'll do it in the First World War, just so no one notices, and then we'll do, you know, a bit more of a, you know, interesting concept war film. We'll make True. it PG thirteen, and then everyone will love me. That's Harry Pickups' view. That's two thirds my view. Yeah,
2: uh... I think that isn't <laughs> sure. Mendes is on record of saying that that. Nolan was a massive influence on Skyfall that he, he he'd, he'd seen, he, he was basically trying to copy the conceit of, 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 so what, what Nolan did with comic books, he was a, attempting to do with Bond. So, you know, a, a, and elevating it to, 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 a higher kind of, you know, you know, something that is, uh, I suppose, more sort of worthy. And I think he has said in the past that, that, that the dark Knight, in particular through its cinematography and the music, and it was, was was a huge influence on on yeah, And re yeah. rewatching it recently, I thought, good grief, there are scenes that I feel that have
5: oh, it's there's right. definitely yeah. you know, but there are there story points. There are story points which presumably yes. come yeah. from the the writing, not the you know. But oh yeah. Anyway, I mean, I, I don't want to unload everything now. But overall, Sam Mendes, <laughs> yeah, I, I do I do like his films, and they're worth watching.
3: You do realise we've only mentioned seven of his eight films. We've all forgotten a film that no-one has ever heard of, never mentioned, that was his previous film, which may be the reason, because it was completely overlooked, that he perhaps took this gig, because he's lost his reputation a bit. I've, I'd have honestly never heard of this. 2009, away we go, with uh, John Krasinski and Maya Rudolph.
2: Not a clue, not a clue. Was it comedy? Yep. I think it was. Comedy I think movie. like yeah, art house, indie comedy, like low budget type. But you know, you know, we might like do we that. that even though he he's, he's very much sort of you know his background is theatre, the fact that he is, you can see as 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 a filmmaker, you know, he is embracing filmmaking you know that that through you know people like you know Roger deakins that he clearly like with 1917 he was like that is very much an exercise in filmmaking you can't reproduce that in the you know in, in the theater so maybe you know actually he he's he's on his way to becoming you know a top class filmmaker who understands you know how films are constructed not just coming from that theater kind of like well let's just get everyone all the darlings together and we'll have a discussion about motivation and and that kind of thing while we get someone clever to, to, to place the camera in the right place. And I think, you know, I, I'd like to see, you know, I think, you know, I, I think possibly, I think maybe Mendes' best work as a filmmaker is, is to come.
3: Very well set up. Looking at the the documentaries of Skyfall as well, you do get an impression he's a lovely guy and it's a collaborative experience. He's, he talks to all the old hands who've been there for a long time. He seemed to sort of let everybody do their bits and he's the director that's sort of the glue that's holding it together, rather than he's you know Christopher Nolan, Denis Villeneuve, visionary director perhaps. He might he might have a vision in his head, but he knows that he needs an awful lot of people who are at their A game, particularly the actors. I think uh, to achieve that. But before before we get onto him coming on board, we actually had Peter Morgan, of historical fiction fame. Who was originally commissioned to write the script? He he left though when, as I mentioned, MGM filed for bankruptcy. Uh, so and before production started, we know Morgan from the Queen, the Damned United, the Other bilingual, the 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 Last King of Scotland, um, Frost Nixon, Rush, and of course the Crown, just still not see. But uh, good stuff. Yeah, he he uh, he of course yeah excellent writing another Englishman. Despite his departure, Morgan actually stated later that the final script was based on his original idea. I'm not quite sure what he was referring to as the, the the main idea, but he said it retained its big hook. But interestingly, Sam Mendes has denied this as just not true <laughs> so, of these people going at it in public, yeah. Um, he said, Mendes said Morgan's approach had been discarded as soon as he started uh, and agreed to direct. So who knows what that was about, but shows there were... Almost infighting and real production problems way before No Time to Die came along.
2: Did not have anything to do with um, the world is not enough? Did it? Because this, because they were rewatching Skyfall, like, there was a lot of shared themes, along oh, with absolutely. like, um, terrorists. I felt like Welcome to Scotland. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Why do you think I like this film so much?
2: Remake
5: <laughs> it, yeah. Um, so Peter Morgan would have been interesting because all those things that would li- a sort of historical things that have t- taken place. I'm sure he he takes liberties with the truth, but so I don't know how much work he's done in out and out kind of original screenwriting for for a, a, a kind of fictional piece of uh, piece of cinema. Um, so that would have been interesting, but I don't think we'll ever get to to see that unless. Bervis and Wade get shelled and he well, he gets drafted
3: in. Yeah, but, see, yeah, I know Peter Morgan, he's done a, another film which no one really has seen, Hereafter, which was a Clint Eastwood-directed or you know, ghost thriller oh. sort of with uh, Matt Damon. I thought it was very underrated again. Uh, and he also did The Jury, which I love on TV, which was technically fictional. So, yeah. They're, they're more down to earth, aren't they, his, his things, you could say which Bond, certainly the producers want to think, they want you to think that Bond is now more down to earth and realistic, but after Spectre, that cannot possibly be a defence in court, I I would argue. Anyway, yes, we've got to get back to the two main men, the two main men, Purvis and Wade. They somehow, after all that, um, Peter Morgan was discarded and luck would have it. Purvis and Wade were there on the bench this time. Uh, as well as newcomer John Logan, who was brought in by Sam Mendes. Look, John Logan, of course, we've—I think—we've discussed him on the, the podcast uh, before. He's written an awful lot of excellent films. My favourite being the *Last Samurai*, and he also did *The Penny Dreadful*, which you get the link with um, Bill Tanner. Mm. Um, the link, the link there. I've completely forgotten the actor's name now. Keep wanting to say, I always get him and Rafe Spall mixed up. Rory Kinnear. Rory. Rory Kinnear, yes. Thank you, sir. Another good script writer. So he, he he described the process between Mendes and the other writers as very collaborative, and that writing Skyfall was one of the best experiences he had had in scripting. And he's uh, he's always seemed to be very, very positive about the experience since then. So, yeah, maybe he and Purvis and Wade are mates, as, as it goes on, So yes, that's good. There's also a the trendy British playwright, Jez Butterworth, was brought in to provide uncredited Contributions. He, plenty of awards for his for his play Jerusalem, which presumably isn't about Jerusalem. Starring another critic's darling, Mark Rylance, who has mm. <laughs> recently said, "Oh, I don't like cinema. It's a waste of time." You know, after it's won <laughs> him an Oscar, and he's you know, anyway. But yeah, but Butterworth was actually later credited as a co-writer of Spectre, so he did actually get a, a credit on that alongside. the the big three of John Logan, Neil Purvis, and Robert Wade. If you're enjoying Really 007, why not follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram? Look us up at Really 007 Pod. (laughs) Sam Benders, when he he was describing uh, James Bond in this film, this is what he had to say. Bond is experiencing... I can't, dear. I can feel Rob now getting angry and angry when I read this out. Paul is experiencing (laughs) a a combination of of lassitude, boredom, depression, and difficulty with what he's chosen to do for a living.
2: Well, shucks. Off to a good start there. I? Well, oh. I, I think I think that's that's a good place to start, isn't it? It's like do, 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 inspiring <laughs> the people understand what Bond is about and what the end result should be. If you don't understand the character, you, <laughs> uh... I,
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna try and defend this. We've all become bored. We've all become bored of every single film Daniel Craig being moody and not wanting to do it. I do think this differs from the Casino Royale and the Quantum one. I think the Casino Royale is starting to is learning it, so he's raw, and in Quantum, it's revenge, and he comes back. So whilst we all have this view that it's all about oh, he just wants to quit all the time, this is actually the first film where he is bored and he wants to quit. So this is actually like at the time something new and original for Bond. The problem is is that because Spectre does it again, it just becomes like some kind of... We're expecting him to do it in No Time to Die now. It's just becoming yeah, standard Daniel Craig, But at the time, for him to be in that place as Bond, as opposed to becoming Bond.
1: Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds.
3: Salads generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me.
1: Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at onepeloton.com.
0: Is quite original. We've never seen it before. Not saying I like it, but I'm just saying at least they're trying something new.
3: Yeah, because the, the previous times Bond had you know, been coaxed out of retirement. There was good reason for it, wasn't there? You know, his, his Absolutely. wife... Uh, sorry, you know, in On the Majesty's Secret Service, he retired to sort of go off and kill Blofeld, which was, you know, perhaps a decent reason. Licensed to kill, very good reason again after Della's death and Felix's uh, amputation of his leg. But what? what was... Forgive me, what was the reason... Uh, this this James Bond was in such a mood I can't well in fact we will get to it because he isn't in this mood right at the start which is crucial because this depression is is based on him by him being murdered by Moneypenny but anyway right I think we're going to have to park that there as this say because uh, we will have to discuss that within the context
0: it's going to be a uh, long night I can but, yeah, feel it it's good. It's. <laughs> We're gonna be here all
3: night, John. That's fine. You know, we've got plenty to say about Daniel with his the silent job. spoke
0: a thousand words. To be quite frank,
3: yeah. uh, before we move on to the film, there's, uh, we did mention Thomas Newman before. He, of course, came in as composer for this Inspector because of uh, his work previously with some vendors. That actually brought an end to the David Arnold uh, days. He'd scored every Bond since. Tomorrow Never Dies. He'd done five bonds. So he'd done Tomorrow Never Dies, World Is Not Enough, and Die Another Day with Pierce Brosnan, and then he'd done the first two Daniel Craig films, and he'd also scored the the Happy and Glorious Danny Boyle segment for the Olympics. So you'd think, oh, he was definitely going to be involved in this. But interestingly, he's not done a film since, and he has uh, he's done he did the score for Sherlock, of course, which is one plaudits for. Yeah, I don't know whether he's depressed with the film experience, but he'd certainly done a few huge films like uh, the Roland Emmerich films, hadn't he he'd done Godzilla and Independence Day until he was sacked, actually, I think um, <laughs> I mean, he was, I certainly know he was sacked for the Patriots, which he, um, uh, well, again, one of my favorite ever films. We can't go into that now, but he, he was sacked from that uh, because <laughs> I think uh, Roland Emmerich just didn't think it was that, that good. So he just hired John Williams instead. That easy. And he got an Oscar nomination. But, yeah. We'll, uh, we'll talk about David Arnold on another episode. We'll certainly have a look at Shake and Stir the James Bond project. But, yeah, quite sad that he was unceremoniously dumped for artistic reasons, I suppose, and he's not come back. But Thomas Newman, we, we certainly, uh, film fans will know about him. He got a BAFTA and Oscar nomination for his score for this film. So already a lot better than John Barry, who didn't get one in his 11 Bond films, including writing many of the songs. So that's good, that's good stuff. That's good. Uh, Marvin Hamlisch, his score for The Spy Love Me is the only other score to be nominated for the actual score as opposed to the song. So, yeah, oh, okay, I'm being slightly facetious here, um, but N- Newman was actually <laughs> he's one of the most unlucky guys when it comes to the Oscars, yeah? He has been nominated 15 times and never won. He's he's currently the most nominated person who's not won an Oscar, so he got lucky with this nomination. But he's not been lucky in his life. The score, is, the score he did for obviously American Beauty is more famous one, but the Revolutionary Road one I think is absolutely fantastic. Uh, Road to Perdition one superb as well, I think. And I'd, I'd, he's done so many amazing scores. I think he's more of a melodic composer though, so whimsical type films that probably most of you don't like, like Meet Joe Black, absolutely astounding music. I think he's super, the horse whisperer. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I don't know whether anyone's seen his films, but you know, three-hour, real, real triumph of, uh, of the glorious music with horses running and all that are oh, beautiful. But uh, again, a bit like some some Mendes. I'm not sure he's an action person, and we will go into that as we go along. But yeah, big fan of his. You fans of uh, Thomas Newman, chaps. Go on, Chris.
2: Go on. No, gonna, as a, a rule, yeah, I think he's done some fantastic, you know, TV programs, you know, films and things. Uh, if you ask me whether he is suitable for for a Bond film, I'd probably argue not. But I think he's a great composer, and and, and what he does, he does really well. And also, he, he has a very distinctive style. As soon as you hear it, you know that's that, that that that's him. But for me, for within sort of for for a Bond film, it just doesn't gel.
5: Yeah, I'd uh, I'd agree with you there, uh, Chris. I re- I really like Thomas Newman. I think he's done some brilliant. I, th- I think stuff like Shawshank and and sort of dramas like that. I, he's perfect for. I even remember something something that was um, a bit of a different uh, film. It was Passengers, you know that Chris Pratt and Jennifer oh, Lawrence yeah, film. Yeah. But immediately I remember seeing that and, and, and hearing. I was like, oh. Oh, this must be Thomas Newman, and I don't know. It, it elevated that film a bit more for me, um, and I think he's got that effect on a lot of films like that. I think he's a fantastic composer, but I just don't think it works for a Bond film. And I was try- I was trying to think. Uh, we'll just again, I keep saying, and I keep saying it. We'll discuss it more. Um, but I, I was thinking, it's a bit like if, obviously, sadly, he's died now, but. I, you know, I love James Horner and his scores, but I don't know whether I would have had him ever doing a Bond film. So you know, it's not always just because you're a good composer that it's perfect for one. You know, for, for for everything, for every type of film. So, so yeah, I love Thomas Newman, but not sure about this score and subsequently Spectre, which has a lot of this score in it.
3: He did get nominated for Passengers. Actually,
5: there was some 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 justice there.
3: John, are you, are you a fan of, yeah. of of Tom
0: Newman? I think stuff like Shawshank Redemption is beautiful. I think that's absolutely brilliant. I'm not the best up on uh, like composers and stuff. What I'll say about this score, and this is kind of going on what Harry Pickup says about Sam Mendes wanting to be Christopher Nolan, I really think that Christopher Nolan just told him, uh, Sam Mendes told him, try and recreate a James Bond version of the Dark Knight score. And do it, and to be honest, mm-hmm. he did a dreadful job at that. <laughs> <laughs> it's that's my opinion of it. it. There's a bit like where he I jumps enjoy. onto the lift and he holds on the lift, and it's like you may as well just stick a Dark Knight score in there at that point. It's just subpar Dark Knight this this uh, score for me. But you asked me what my opinion of Thomas Newman is, he's obviously very talented at other things. This just isn't it.
3: It'll be therefore pretty interesting to see what Hans Zimmer does with No Time to Die. It probably will be less. Hans Zimmer than the producers think. I hope so. I hope it's a think... more original sort of style, and he isn't told to do your Dark Knight thing or whatever You're loud, you loud one of your loud scores. So yeah, actually, his his uh, family is pretty talented. the The Newman family of composers. Randy does a lot of film film songs, film scores for the Disney films. He's won a few Oscars for them. And his dad, or oh, no, sorry, his uh, yes, his father Alfred is the guy who did the. The theme for Twentieth Century Fox, and he was—he uh, wow. was nominated forty-two times, and won won nine Oscars. So talented family, unbelievable family he's come from. So. Uh, edging ever closer to discussing the film. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've made it. The first thing to say, of course, is that yet again, for the third consecutive time, no gun barrel sequence.
5: Yeah, I uh, can I jump in on this one, please. I remember seeing. I don't know. I am going to be positive about a lot of this film, but this this is something that I, I, that does annoy me a bit. I think. Men, I saw that Mendes said, "Oh, yeah, we really wanted to do it." Um, You know, for me, that's the most, that's the most exciting part because it's all beginning and everything and then, but our opening shot was essentially the same shot as the gun barrel sequence, Bond in a, you know, Bond walking across and walking down. So we couldn't go from the gun barrel sequence to that. Well, as far as I'm concerned, lose that shot then because the gun barrel sequence comes first and it's, it's quite strange, the opening of this anyway, because it starts small and you don't know where he is and then you know, it, it comes out and it emerges and he's in Turkey and, and everything. Whereas normally a bomb film, you know, gun barrel sequence and then it's a big shot and then closes in somewhere or something. So I think they got it wrong for me. No, I, I absolutely agree.
2: I think, I thought we'd got past this sort of, I thought with Casino Royale that started with <laughs> let's not do the gun barrel but we sort of do the gun barrel and then it ends with you know these iconic kind of you know bond james bond thought so we got past that kind of reinventing the wheel so i thought that with skyfall we would just have here we go this is it's it's the gun barrel it's the the pre-title sequence it's the title that sort of stuff but no it's just doesn't seem to be that way and um I, and to be honest with you, that opening shot is i don't know it's not it, you know, it's perfectly serviceable. It's, it's Bond. He walks slowly through <laughs> the shadows. His yeah. the face is then lit. How many times have I seen that in a Bond film? I'm sure, I see it in every single trailer for every single Bond film ever made. You know, I remember that being in, you know, GoldenEye, you know, yeah. the, the the with the, you know, you see Pierce Brosnan for the first time. That's like, that's exciting. But we know that this is Bond give me something more interesting. And I think maybe a gun barrel, like you say, is more interesting because it's like, right, But firmly 50th anniversary. Here we are. Let's get this done.
0: I don't like it. I wish the gun barrel was there. (laughs) I'm glad it's at the end. I don't like it at the end, but I'd rather it be at the end than not be there at all. And at least it ties in nicely with that 50 year anniversary logo that goes straight after the gun barrel. My interpretation of why they don't do it and it's mine I haven't got any reason to back it is because I feel that this film is another reboot in a reboot and it's like he's almost resurrecting Bond in this film Um, and therefore they don't have it at the beginning doesn't justify it it should have it especially when it's a 50 year one but they just can't seem to just do a simple gun barrel in the Daniel Craig era, can they? I mean, even Spectre, when they eventually do it, they have to have some pretentious garbage words come up straight after it, don't they? That make no sense. Oh, so oh, awful. But anyway, that's a different film. <laughs> uh, no, I don't like. <laughs> I don't like the gun no barrel.
3: Those are the submissions from Defence Counsel Jean Kell on the <laughs> lack of gun barrel sequence. Thank you for those. Sir, some things are indefensible. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but you have to give submissions anyway. Thank you, John. Yeah, I personally, I think Casino Real We had the whole thing was it's becoming Bond, you know, Bond begins and all that. So you know, we'll give you a pass on that. At the end of that, we've got the whole James Bond theme finally awakens and he is Bond, right? Great. Then Quantum Solace ten minutes later, no, he's not Bond again. Oh, no, he is by the end, even though nothing really has happened in his character development. Oh, but we get the gun barrel, so he is bombed. Right, we've got the gun barrel at the end of Quantum Solace. Oh, right, great. Oh, can't wait to see the next one. We finally get the gun barrel and then no. I don't know is it, if it was a sort of, not, for want of a better word, a, a hired hand as a director, not a, a named director. I think Broccoli Wilson would have liked one in, I would have thought. Especially, like you say, for the fiftieth
0: anniversary, maybe they wouldn't. Maybe they couldn't care less these days. Who knows? I'm not convinced at all. I, I'm not convinced. I just, I, I, I don't think that is such a <laughs> non-negotiable. I think, I think, if they really wanted it, they could have just said that stays. To be honest.
3: Well, when we discussed yeah, I... "From Russia with Love," we were saying about all the elements that were first. Obviously, it was in dot to no, but the fact that they kept that. It was just trying to show. Yes, it's the same guy. It's the same character. This is the same on-screen presence you're seeing here, and it isn't just there as a cliche. It's there to make you in that Bond world, and you're already getting the feelings. You get the theme tune as well. You know that's that's one of the main bonuses of the gun barrel sequence. You get the theme tune. You can do different arrangements of that. Yes, personally, the John the John Barry ones are absolutely outstanding. You know the the Michael Kamen ones amazing. Uh, and- <laughs> Eric Sarah. I like the Hamlet yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> 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 but yeah, Sarah it's Neville. another thing that's
0: forgotten <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it doesn't but the, um, the 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 Bond theme that came out at that time that I can't remember what it's called I think was it Moby who was involved that yeah. came out in that time that for the Golden Eye that's phenomenal piece of music if they'd have put that at the start of Golden Eye then we could have had a near perfect film.
2: I oh. will defend <laughs> Sarah. I will say again, I like it. I like sure it. I'm sure I've said it before that you know at least they were trying to do something different. And I think that that with with you know it had a different sound, and I think you know with 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 you know with Thomas Newman it is very much Thomas Newman's sound, and then. A little bit of, you know, there's a bit of a trumpet that sort of like <laughs> heart cracked. It was like just, a, just a reminder, folks. You are still watching a Bond film, you know. You're like, <laughs> oh right, okay, thanks for that. But, I, but I think at least with 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 Gold, now the score was, you know, this this was. It tends to be, yeah, it'd been, a, you know, it'd been a fair while between that and. Um, Stop pulling your face. Well, sorry. I can see you. I think um, <laughs> I just I, I just think it had been a while since John Barry and then I, I think like you know, Michael Kamen who had done you know some iconic action films. I thought it was interesting for them to to choose someone who wasn't just let's just get someone to copy Barry. And you could argue that you know that that with David Arnold it is a, a derivative of 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 Barry, but I think he's he's better than that. I think what Arnold did was balancing you know something that was a bit modern you know something a bit different but also paying tribute to the legacy but you know and and hitting the notes and i think that's the other thing that 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 skyfall misses is that there are moments where you think this is where the bond theme should, should kick yeah. in. this is a moment where this is the hero moment where is the theme and it doesn't it's, it shies away from it and i think that um you know and i think at least with eric sarah it's you know not to everyone's taste but you know at least it's an attempt to do something different. And I'm all for that. And I think I'm all for that because because the film itself is still, the structure of the film is still, you know, very much a Bond film. It's adding an element that sort of mixes it up a bit. And I think with these Daniel Craig's, they've tried to mix too much up and it ends up being a bit of a sort of dog's dinner. Anyway. <laughs> I'll stop my
3: Very good. That was uh cancel for the defense of Eric Serra. Well done. <laughs> do you- I, the thing I thought with the the opening shot, it looks a bit like the another incredible shot from Signs, where you see the reflection of the, the alien in the, the television at the end. That's what that's what I got when Daniel Craig's face is lit up in the. <laughs> that he might be me looking. being harsh on Daniel Craig's face. Yeah, it is <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's got a he's got a nice grey suit and a trendy thin tie on at this stage. There's something now, isn't there? It, you're immediately into the action. And he's on yeah. a speakerphone, isn't he? With M and and, and the sort of the crew.
2: Yeah, we spoke to the question. Is M involved in all of his missions? Is M always in his ear, going, giving him advice? And and that's the thing is that M is you know, you look at the pretty obviously you know Connery, and, you know, more films. The M was just like, here's your mission, off you go. Mm-hmm. And then since Judy Dench came aboard, it's very much kind of like she's she's very you know kind of uh, sort of maternal kind of uh, uh, sort of matriarch of, of of mi6 and but it seems a bit strange that she's always kind of in his ear, telling him to, to do these things it's it's it sort of pulls you out i think from what it does for me i think
0: to me it was a light relief because the previous films she's just always been there She just goes on the mission with him. She packs her bags, doesn't she? Especially, you know, Quantum of Solace. It's flipping ridiculous. Ridiculous. She's just got a one-way ticket around the world, wherever she wants to go. So at least she's actually sat in in MI6 this time around. Yeah. But what what I would say about Emin is, she is like Bernard Lee, man with the golden gun levels of crankiness in these early scenes. I mean, she's developed some potty-mouthed swear words and uh, she don't care who she kills at this moment in time, she's take the bloody shot, you know, she's just like she's not bothered <laughs> Yeah, that's
3: what is. Is. Yeah. <laughs> the bloody shot. <laughs> but it's, there's something about looking for a list. That was his name, Ronson or something. Is it Ronson? Yeah. Did just, did yeah Ronson, yeah. 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 Nothing to do with smart blood. I, I get these things mixed up. There's some list, isn't there? Is it the list with agents on? Yeah, is that right? Yeah. Uh,
2: the, the plot from
3: Mission Impossible, Brian, um, is Mission Impossible yeah. and then Ghost Protocol <laughs> as well as we as we go on someone who could well be Moneypenny we then see her for the first time driving Bond in a, a lovely Range Rover akin to the one at the start of Octopus of course I'm sure that's what they were harking back to on the 50th anniversary of uh, <laughs> Dot today. is it then They'll be too bloody late. Yeah, lots of bloodies, lots of swearing in these in these films now. And is that a joke about women drivers? I don't know because Bond. Yes.
2: Bond is somehow steering. I, I think it is. I think. It, I think it's. It is very much like check your mirrors. Oh, I don't need them. And then he just takes control. Just literally pulls. Yeah. Him, he grabs the wheel. And she's. I think she's doing a quite, obviously very confident job. <laughs> yeah. <to> follow this Audi <laughs> yeah. through the street. Oh, yeah. she <laughs> <And laughs> doing but he wasn't good enough for Bond. He wanted the yeah, He wanted to uh, cause havoc. And then yeah, it, it's yeah, yeah. I think it's an opening scene. It kind of starts off kind of oh, it's quite you know intriguing. You know, dead agent. You know, dead bodies. You know, um, what's happening here? You know, exotic location. The music actually works really well. I think for that opening scene. Yeah, and it has a you know really sort of you know sort of portrays the place really well. He, but yeah, he obviously because he's Bond, he steps out and the car just appears. You know that's because that's who he is. He gets in, chases off, chasing an Audi. The police start chasing them for no apparent reason. You know, lots of lots lots of (laughs) carnage. Uh, You know, as as as, it it, is, like I say, it has a a slight. You know, I don't know if it was deliberate. It has lots of memories of Roger Moore in this opening scene. You know, I could see Roger getting you know stepping out, the car pulling up, getting into the car, making jokes about using your mirrors. Come on lady drivers and, and, and then you know everything sort of kicks off
5: there's, 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 a, there's a hint I don't know if it's deliberate but there is a, there's a you know there's a, a whip of Roger the other thing to mention is um, and I think it's already been that the reintroduction of the Walter Walter PPK have we yes yeah. am, am we I haven't right you're absolutely right yeah did he not have did Craig not have them in um, Casino Royale or Quantum of Solis? I'm not sure he did I yeah, don't have, have a poster. I remember Casino mm. Riley
2: had the for mm. BPK with the silencer. I, I can't remember if he actually had it in the film. Though.
5: I'm I'm not convinced he did. So it anyway, it looked very tiny. I, I I always want Bond with a Walther BPK. I, I think it it just looks looks right, and and obviously there's a spin on it to come, but that's a that's a big, that's a plus point for me. What was your opinions on uh, Pierce Brosnan's for P99, Matthew? Um, my opinions, without going into the film, is it. I didn't. We really care for how he how he got it. I thought that was a bit too, you know, oh, a new Walther. I must ask Q for one of these. Or, whatever. Um, yeah. Uh, I thought it maybe you know it looks it looks a bit more modern and everything. But I don't know. I don't think a Walther looks old fashioned to me. It just looks like a that's that's what Bond's gun is. That's what that's what he uses. And and no need to change it for me. Good. Bit like the
3: Aston Martin, isn't it? Oh, luckily. It it still looks nice, but should it be there anyway. Yeah. We get the Walther money, pennies causing chaos, driving the wrong way down the road. We've then got a motorbike. Is it, I can't remember. Is this is this Patrice? I can't even remember.
0: He's chasing Patrice, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah It is Patrice, isn't yes, yeah. it? Yeah.
3: Yeah. Bond then deliberately crashes, I think, uh, to flip over onto the Stalled train, causing chaos. I
2: feel. Yes. Yeah. At the point. Feel very bored. I mean, defend John defend. lots of handy 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 hand, hand, uh, motorcycles to steal
0: I don't I mean yeah I, I can't disagree with your point of view when I watch this I didn't when I watch Quantum of Solace I get bored. the whole shaky calm the fast pace I just think oh this is just bored. whereas when I watch this I quite like the flipping over the bike I, I think that it's a bit crazy it's probably about the craziest thing Daniel Craig's done, actually. You know, I, I quite yeah. like that. I, I haven't got a problem with it. And it only gets better when we get the JCB on the train. Which, it to me, it, I mean, Chris, you've alluded to already, we're talking Roger Moore era. This is prime Roger Moore era, this stuff. Nah, I'm just like, oh, bring it on. I'm just waiting for double-taking pigeons to start looking <laughs> at kind of Well, we do get
3: them later on, on the underground, when... Uh... Bonds jumping on the back of the train which was a nice (laughs) touch absolutely the production was criticised if you remember because they allegedly damaged some buildings when they did the motorbike chase across the rooftops Michael G Wilson came out and denied this pointing out the crew had removed sections of the rooftop before filming them and then replaced them with replicas but it was still in that phase of Brits Abroad ruining nice local places And in Quantum of Solace, someone nearly died, didn't they, in that opening car chase when they were filming that. So there's probably a little bit of trepidation going into this. But I think Sam Mendes said he he wanted to create a cinematic version of a Russian doll. So you get, first of all, you think it's a a car chase, then it's a motorbike chase, then it's chasing the train, then you've got the JCB. So it's like one thing, and then it's another, and then it's another. Like you say, that is quite Bond quite Roger Moore Bond Almost, perhaps, no, obviously, no one no was going to give you to a kill where the car gets cut in half and all that. Exciting, not nevertheless, yeah. A bit of product placement. We get the Caterpillar, we get the Audi, we get the VW Beatles mentioned. we Get right on the product placement early on.
2: No, I, I think I think the opening, I think the the scene, you know, like for you can you can pick it apart, but I do think it works really well. I think that really, you know, is in the editing, the sort of cross cutting between. Bond, whether he's on the motorbike or whether he's on the train, back to Eve, Money Penny, you know, in the car. I think that, that, that does rack up the tension really nicely, I think. I think. It works, you know, it works really well, kind of building up. Um, and like you say, that, that kind of build from motorbike, you know, car, motorbike, you know, JCB, then the rest.
3: Yeah, you could easily criticise it, as it were, for things like, oh, well, the driver would have stopped the train, you know, if he. Knew that this was going on and ripping back the carriage, you know. Would bomb risk people's
2: lives doing that? And but you could criticize get... it for that. Yeah, but you get, you get a fight on top of the train, I think. As we discussed, yeah, God to the I... that's always worth the admittance of, you know, for you. That's what I'm saying. I don't
3: mind those things because it does feel bomb. And we do get a bit of the bomb thing. It's quite abrupt. It's like when he sort of stands up, stands to tension and has a little pull of the tie, which is a, a very James Bondian moment, I think.
0: I love that. No, I, I I love that. I love I love the shot when he puts the digger on and he gets he walks across it and then he stands on the train and you see the rest of the carriage pull apart. I I think that's some beautiful cinematography yeah. going on there.
5: Yeah, I, I I agree with you, John. And I I think this I, I really I like this opening sequence and I think it is pretty bombed. And I think it's pretty exciting. And yeah, and so, it, I don't know, it, it puts the film in a good kind of, you know, for the likes of me. Uh, yeah, this is going to be a good, exciting, but also in the spirit of Bond type thing. Um, so, yeah, I I, uh, I don't have much negative, not that I want to say much negative about <laughs> it, but I don't to have to much do negative it. to say about this, <laughs> this, opening, uh, this opening scene. Yeah, We'll, we'll 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 keep going because uh, there's a few things I want to say about like the fight on top of the train. Or do you want me to do you want me to say do you want me to go now? No, well, that's, on that.
3: That's where we're up to. It's a bit like obviously Gabinda and uh, Roger, which we've discussed in the Octopus review.
5: Yeah. Okay. So about the fight on top of the train, I I think, and I'll mention it again when uh, we come to the next the the next fight, part two of the fight with Patrice. I think perhaps they could have focused more on the actual fighting than um, quite a lot of it. For, for this one, quite a lot of it's shot from a long way out, and that's that's okay in fleeting glimpses, but maybe not when half the shot, but half the fight, is shot from from far away. So you don't you don't get as much of it as possibly you could do. I, I I don't think. And yeah, I'll 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 uh, I'll mention it later when uh, when it comes to the the one in Shanghai. But I think. In, in some ways that that falls into similar similar traps. But again, it's it's exciting and there's the um there's the whole thing with money penny as well and, you know, will she take the sh- take the shot and what what's happening? All that type shot. of things. So Yeah, I, well yeah, yeah I did not I d I didn't I didn't want to keep saying it but so I, I still think on the whole it's it's good.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I am the defence case, I realise that. But <laughs> um, I don't think this is as good a train fight as Octopussy, actually. What well, would be? I think it's too fast, so there's not as much focus on, you know, the act- it's too choreographed for me. Far too choreographed. Then the bit that I see with that is, is that when they both jump under to the tunnel bit, it, it looks like it's, it just looks timed. It looks timed for me. Yeah, it? yeah. And I think Unlike that Constable. because you've got other stuff going on, you've got M in her ear, you've got. Eve scene, I might have a clear shot to all that. You've got so much going on that it does, whilst the pacing is phenomenal and you feel this is an action film, it takes away from what is a great set piece. Whereas if you look back and it's got the score going on, but when you look back to Octopus if I remember rightly, there's no score. It's pretty silent, it's a slower pace and it's all focused on binder and roger on there and that actually brings a far more effective train fight there's far more going on here it's far more frenetic and it's trying to build excitement and it does do that but if you want to look at the kinetics of a fight i think the octopusy one is technically far better
2: yeah and i think that's down to to john glenn coming from an editor's sort of perspective and knowing what you needed and I think in all action films what you need is geography I think you need to know who's doing what doing what and I think that that's the problem that I have with Mendes and I think Roger Deakins is a a fantastic cinematographer but he isn't an action cinematographer uh and it is just you know and and, and like you mentioned sort of you know with the, with the, the fight in Shanghai it has a sort of cold kind of yeah, it just has a. It's a little bit flat because they're just shooting a scene as opposed to shooting an action scene, and I think that's where it's let down. I think the editing is trying to do, is, is carrying this scene. I think the editing is doing as much can as, And obviously, I think it was Stuart Burd who did this, who's you know the king of sort of action films. So I think yeah, I think the editing is doing the heavy lifting um, compared to this, the actual directing. I, I
3: know what you mean. Again, looking at the the making of it. They seem to be so obsessed that Daniel is doing all his stunts where he can, which is really, you know, to be fair to him, that is one of his strengths. He's a very physical actor, and he wanted to do everything. Unlike Roger, might not have uh, necessarily been the guy on top of the train. Perhaps, maybe not. (laughs) But I think because they put so much of the focus on that, it was more like, how can we shoot this without injuring Daniel on the train? We need to choreograph it perfectly for it to whiz by. Yeah, it was almost like a bird's eye... Was, well, a, p- a passerby, penny's view of what was going on rather than Bond is the main character, here. let's focus on this fight, let's have a, l- a great bit of action. You know, we could, we could have a two-minute fight here. We don't have to particularly... The film <laughs> the film is long, but one of my complaints would be that the sections go by to take too long, whereas other sections like this should have been a bit longer. And I think if they just added another couple of minutes of action on this, okay, Menes is coming in for a lot of criticism for his action scenes at the moment, but it is overall a very good action sequence. It's just it, it does it ends very abruptly, which it means to with the shot. Of course, it means to, so the audience is a bit stunned. But if there was more of a build up with a fight, I think it would have been more effective. What What do you think about this money penny shooting bond? I don't. I still don't really understand what the point of this is. I, I understand the point that M was obviously, it's should M be giving instructions and who should, should, she be trusting her own instincts. And then we later learned this, all this was to make sure Money Penny didn't do a, a man's job or something and go out in the field. I mean, it's all a bit sexist, isn't it? But <laughs> what did, she shoots him and I don't, anyway, I'll, we'll, we'll go. It's so complicated. Like he, he do, he would have died. wouldn't see. He? he would have died. Definitely. If he did, you know, and shot yeah. off there does he drown I don't I don't understand it I don't well, understand why he something else to the arena
5: there's something else I don't don't understand there's something it. else I don't understand about it um which is <clears throat> he gets shot when he's um on the train by Patrice which is the uranium shell thing. And then he gets shot by Moneypenny, but we don't know where. And it's uh, do, is it later mentioned something about the ribs? Maybe possibly later. Yeah, he mentioned Yeah, I think <laughs> it is. We, don't, so we don't see that, and there's no wound or anything like that. He, you know he, the shot is from Patrice, and that obviously is a quite a, an, an important plot point. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. Not-
0: Sorry, Math, Just to just to pick up on that because I that has always confused me. But I did notice this time round when he rips out the uranium shell from his chest he also has a big scar on his shoulder that i presumed was the that yes and he Money Penny had shot him on the shoulder but that was the first time that i'd noticed that because that has always confused me too yeah okay fair enough
3: it's not that it was all a conspiracy and it, he was meant to go down and i mean i just obviously not but i don't who, so did the did he fail this mission then bond failed his mission because he didn't get the yellow card or whatever it was that he's
2: trying to get off. Yeah, as I, think, I, think I, mean. it, I think it's fairly s- simple. I think it, I think it's that it was a really difficult <laughs> job to do, and, and it's referenced later on, isn't it? That as a moving target. You know, she's got the time pressure. Yeah. She's got um, in a rear saying, "Take the shot." She's got Bond and and that character kind of like wrestling on top of a moving train and, and worrying about it going through the sort of t- the tunnel. I think for me, it's just it is a case of. To be honest with you, I think most. I don't know no, I, I always you know most of agents would struggle with something like that.
3: We are looking into it very deep, I understand, but to get to the level where you're doing what Eve Money is doing in this opening sequence, you're almost at SAS levels of skill and stuff I and mean, it's it's ridiculous to think that then all oh, right, I'll just go in the office stuff. <laughs> <laughs> of course she might have got demoted or something like that. We don't really learn that. <laughs> but it's a bit of an unusual introduction
2: to the character, isn't it really? No, you're right. I think it is. It is she is at the character's behest of, of of the script, which is basically we want a field agent who then gets desk bound. So it's like, so the idea is giving Money Penny some agency, so she's in the field, but we're going to take that away from her because ultimately we need <laughs> yeah. to be sat at a desk to say you can go and see M now, and that's that's all it is. I don't, yeah. I don't think this. I don't think overthinking it, and I think it's a shame because I think she should have been a great character. You know, maybe they'll yeah. make it up with the with the um, No Time to Die with having a obviously female 007 but I, I it is a sort of, I, for, for me. I think essentially that they needed her to be in the field so they could get her at a desk.
3: Mm. Yeah, it's like a backwards coming forwards way of creating
2: the character, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and it's an attempt to be. Regressive, it's actually regressive, you know. <laughs> absolutely. To, to give her that, but then ultimately take it away from her is yeah. he
3: giveth and taketh
0: away. <laughs> <He>
2: does,
0: <laughs> <indeed>. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk that in the church scene later on. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, absolutely. Rot <laughs> yeah. Roslin yeah. time six minutes, six minutes, Check. Going back to the fall okay. bit, I've never understood that. And I love this film, but yet again, I, I haven't got any defense on that bit. The other thing I've noticed, and I'm not I'm not a Craig hater, I, I think he has got positive points. But one thing I have noticed about watching his films now, and it's not a criticism of him as a person, it's more what the writer's have done. He is a rubbish secret agent, he's an absolutely dreadful secret agent. <laughs> He fails missions. They don't write him in this, do they? No, he fails missions, right, left, and centre. They want to get him sacked all the time. (laughs) If he he don't get sacked, he quits. I mean, like, and he don't he never he never obeys his orders. He's always I mean, like, as an actual, you know, looking at it subjectively. He's a terrible secret agent. If 007 is the best that the British Secret Service has, no mm. wonder that they're trying to yeah. shut it down in all these new films because it's like <laughs> it's so <still> bad.
2: <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's why Somebody Emma was there. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <it's laughs> Hand holding.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Naomi Harris was unveiled as the is it the fourth Money Penny? I think because we'd had Lewis Maxwell, obviously. Penelope small bonus an aside. And of course we mentioned her in the Octopusy special. <laughs> nice face, John, I agree. <laughs> uh, we then had uh Caroline Bliss, underrated perhaps, for two for her two films with Dalton, and then Samantha Bond. Bond, Samantha Bond, who I thought was excellent. But yeah, of course we had to get rid of Money Penny because the fans would have hated that Casino Rao would, would be awful to see her. No idea why they didn't include her in that. But anyway, we finally get her, so we should be thankful. Like I said before, it was another example, a bit like, I didn't realise this, but the, all the press about uh, the second starter at film, the recent reboot films. Oh, it's actually, you know, it's it's Khan. You know, it's, it's like a, a rubbish kept secret, isn't it? That she was going to be Moneypenny. You feel a bit sorry for the for the producers. Maybe the press got wind of it too easily. But anyway, because they did deny Lynx that she was Money Penny, bless them to start with. Until it until it came out, yeah, Naomi Harris, OBE, Guyanese background. I didn't realise that, but much like my wife, she she grew up in a, a council house, uh, and then she went to Cambridge University. A slightly different road to Sam Mendes's uh, journey to to Cambridge, but she's uh, obviously a very her- heralded actress. She's uh, appearing Twenty Eight Days Later with Danny Boyle, Pirates of the Caribbean films. Winnie Mandela in uh, Long Walks Freedom with Idris Elba, another Bond, perhaps, connection. And uh, she was Oscar-nominated for Moonlights. Another couple of films lesser-known maybe she's been in, that she's been in After the Sunset, which I think was a Ratner film, with Pierce Brosnan, no less, underrated film. And uh, Miami Vice, another criminally underrated
2: uh, Michael Mann film, in my opinion. (laughs) It, it's not overrated, is it? I don't think anyone. I love Chris. and hate at the same time. Yeah. I could spend longer
3: could talking about around. the Miami Vice film than I could about the Daniel Craig year. I think I think it's absolutely
2: fascinating. Okay. Well, Launching <laughs> the podcast off base. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <That's it.
4: laughs>
2: yeah. You heard it first, folks. She's, yeah.
3: She plays another character of great agency in that, doesn't she? especially that shower scene anyway. Naomi Harris, you, you're a big fan guys? She's fine.
2: I think she's wasted. I think she's a great actress. And as I said, the character, her character arc is woeful. I think, um, I think <laughs> it's, it's, it's a interesting idea to get her the, the idea that Money Penny is a field
5: agent, but you know, I've said my piece. I think she's a, she's a really good, uh, she's a brilliant actress and she's a really versatile actress she could do so many different types of parts, but yeah, I think it's I think it's you know it's the writing with this this character. I, I think to try and to try and say, well, no, she's not just desk ba- desk bound. She's not just a secretary. Look, she's a field agent. But then I don't think she does much wrong. Really, she in the car chase, she doesn't seem to do much wrong, as we've already said. And then with the shot, she's being pressured by all sorts of people. It's a moving target. They're fighting in front of each other. It could happen. And and as you, as John said, you know. Bond makes plenty of mistakes he doesn't get turfed out but then then she is I don't quite understand she, obviously in Macau she's she's still a field agent but she isn't by the end but I, what I don't really like is I don't <laughs> like it when films Tom do you remember we used to say it on when we were watching like Neighbours that characters would inexplicably know the future of other characters and and say lines and, and, yeah. and we were like how do they know that i will they've read the scripts why are they saying that well because they've read the script so uh the only reason that bond sure. makes those things make those quips and then he's you know later on he says a comment fieldwork's not for everyone you know that's just because they need her to get to yeah yeah it needs bond to tell her that and then she decides that it's not great that for me and it's a waste of Naomi Harris. And I'm I'm sorry to again say negative about this film, which I do enjoy. I promise.
3: <laughs> Does it get much better, Inspector? Though I know she she goes to the pub. I'm obsessed with that scene. I'll keep mentioning it.
0: It gets worse, Inspector. <laughs> not her fault at all. It's not it's not Naomi For- Harris's fault. Yeah. But the writing's appalling the because they're just like, oh, let's get the Avengers assembled together. Let's get the team, man. You know. Let's get them, mm, yeah. and let's get Captain America and let's get Tanner. It's like, shut up. You know, <laughs> I'm not watching a Tanner film. I'm watching 007, yeah.
3: you know <laughs> yeah. Those new posters with him for no time to die. What
0: we can is Bill Tanner. <laughs> go to the cinema in your mess. Great. It's not a problem with her. She, I, I actually like her. I don't think she does anything wrong. You know, she she's pretty likeable, is isn't she? Yeah, she's likeable. That's it. I don't, the chemistry. I think she has the chemistry. Oh, I know we'll get I'm on. To that not later
3: great with the shaving. Oh, I'm seeing
2: shaking heads here. No, I'm oh, wow. surprised by this. I think it's. I think James. the lines come across forced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't believe okay. that they have a frisson.
3: A frisson. We love that word. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll we'll get to the Gillette scene. It's probably some product placement in there. We'll get to that later.
5: Really the best.
3: Thanks for listening to our Skyfall review. Join us for part two, where we discuss the title sequence, the song Skyfall, and Bond returns from the dead from a beach to break into Em's apartment and help her with her mission.
1: Sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen